surround yourselves by experts, get yourself an advisory committee, you know, so if, if you don't know how to break into the U.S. market from Canada or vice versa, or, you know, you don't, uh, you don't have experience in the category, that's fine. But if you can point to the expertise that you've amassed around you, do that. And there are so many people in the natural food space in particular who want to help. Welcome to The Irresistible Factor, the podcast for brands in the health and wellness space who want to be irresistible, not only to consumers, but to investors and retailers. Here we talk to successful entrepreneurs about the inspiring stories that help them start and grow their awesome brands. And we also talk to investors, leaders in private equity, and retail buyers about what makes brands irresistible to them. Um, So welcome, everyone. I'm so thrilled to be talking with Christy Knowles. She's the Chief Executive Officer of Reunion Foods, um, which is the home of Mother Raw, a brand of really delicious organic plant-based products um, that are on a mission to get everyone everywhere to eat more plants. And that's a theme you've heard um, before in this podcast, and I'm sure we'll be hearing a lot more of. Um, Christy joined the company in 2018 after 25 years of experience with um, S&P 500 companies, including Unilever, Campbell's, and Molson Coors. So she brings a lot of great CPG experience to um, the brand that she's working on now. Um, And she's known for building brands and executing really insightful business strategies that do what we all want, drive business success. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, So welcome, Christy. It's so nice to connect with you again. Yes, thank you so much. I'm really excited to have the opportunity to have this conversation with you, Christy. Awesome. So can you tell us a little bit about how you wound up at Mother Ra? I know the story, but I think it's really inspiring and interesting and and will give people a good sense of, of how you got there. Yeah, I'd love to. As you mentioned, I started with them um, in 2018, and originally I had come in to uh, help out the investors who had just invested in this small company called Raw Foods, which was founded by um, a woman named Michelle Kotman. And um, Michelle had you know, done a great job from her kitchen, building this brand up and getting it into a couple of smaller retailers. And... Um, and the investor saw the opportunity, came in, and wanted just a, a kind of a more expert point of view from the external CPG world, basically, on their thesis. So I came in, and after about two months, gave them my perspective, and we were on our, our way to you know thinking about how we could really build this brand for the future. Uh, then tragedy hit, and Michelle, who was only 45 years young, passed away. Mm-hmm. When that happens in a small company, it's like the lights go off. I'm sure that must have been devastating. It was a very, yeah, very sad time, obviously. Um, very sad time for two children. So, um, so the investor had asked me to come in to take over the business. And I was unsure, to be honest, after you know, such a long career with big teams and you know, big budgets yes. and big sales meetings. <laughs> I, I was uh, unsure, but I also knew that, that I did want a change. I wanted to be in a category where I really felt connected with my personal values. And I've always been a health and fitness kind of advocate. And, um, and I thought, you know, this is, this is a really lovely opportunity to take a vision um, that was so grounded in truth and really um, move, move it forward. 
Wow. So that's a big change. Can you talk a little bit about, um, cause you have a really unique perspective. A lot of people I've talked to are founders or serial entrepreneurs, but you started out in big CPG. So you have had a very big shift um, because I also started out working as an agency in big CPG. And I know the budgets were big, the meetings were big, the resources were big. Um, and you weren't that connected to the purpose. So can you talk a little bit about that? I think that's fascinating. Yeah, I, I mean, I've always in the work that I've done, whether it was for Campbell's Soup or even within even within the alcohol business with Molson Coors, I always grounded myself to a, a, you know, a greater purpose because uh, that's very important to me. However, um, in this case, you know, the purpose is very aligned to my personal values, you know, nutrition as, as your way to, to health, as an important way to health, plant-based eating as a kind and gentle, you know, approach to food. So these things were really important to me. And as I moved into this realm, I found myself like really enjoying what I was reading, who I was meeting, who, you know, all of the interactions that I had were both professionally fulfilling, but also personally fulfilling because mm -hmm. of what, you know, what I was learning and, and connecting to. So um, that's, and, you know, through this process, I became, I, I personally, I decided I made a choice to, to become a vegan um, and, um, and that's been a really interesting personal journey, journey. One thing I will say is at Mother Raw, our purpose is simply to encourage more people to eat more plants. We don't judge people's, you know, choices. That's not going to help along our journey. What is, you know, our approach is very supportive. Just help more people eat more plants. It just makes good sense. So it's not about converting people to total vegan. I, I think that personally, um, that is a very big personal decision. And there's a lot in, you know, there's a lot intertwined in those types of decisions, you know, to, to become a vegan by, by this you know, lifestyle choices, becoming a vegan. And so I don't judge people, you know, I just like, just, just eat more whole real foods that are plant-based. That's, that's sort of, that's as easy as that is, is how we like to think about it. How has your experience transitioning to vegan been? Um, my experience in transitioning, I was already, you know, I was already somebody who ate mostly a plant forward, uh, okay. you know, plant forward food. So the transition for me personally was not that difficult. The more difficult part was within my family becoming mm -hmm. a vegan because my family is not. And so with them, I focus. I try to focus on real whole foods yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, but again, I don't judge, I don't force my point of view. Um, but for me personally, it's, it's, it's more the, the, the challenges of doing that within a family who doesn't do that. And so I often find myself, you know, eating the side vegetables yeah. dinner, as yeah. opposed to, you know, but I've, I've learned how to, you know, to cook appropriately so that I can get what I need as well. That's awesome. Um, can you talk a little bit about the company and what kind of products there are and where you're at from a business perspective right now? Yes. So we officially introduced Mother Raw in January of 2019. We're in approximately 3,200 stores today across North America. Our products 
are organic and plant-based dressings, dips, and condiments. And our kind of motto is put good on good. So we're real food that goes on food. And sort of the monster for us in our category, you know, in, in our space is, is those, maybe those, those brands and products that profess to be natural and healthy, but aren't really adding any value. You know, they're not based on whole foods, on, on real ingredients. And we are very, very selective in the ingredients that we use um, such that at the end of the day, you're putting like real food on food when you, when you use our products to flavor uh, flavor your, your plant-based meals. And quite frankly, you can use it, use our condiments, for example, a barbecue sauce, you can use them on mm-hmm. whatever you'd like there. You know, they happen to be, um, our products are also free from allergens, top eight allergens, as well as no refined sugar. Um, and, and ultimately our goal is to make them as accessible to as many food lifestyles as possible. Yeah. Making sure they're delicious though. Yeah. So, um, you're in, you're based in Canada. Do you also have distribution in the U S right now? Yes. So our, uh, we have, uh, about half of our business is in Canada and the other half is in the U S and we're growing rapidly in the U S because that's really where our biggest new distribution opportunities are. So in Canada, we have, uh, pretty much the country covered with respect to our, our distribution today. I mean, there's always more to be had, Um, but our, our focus is on, you know, building our business within Canada and expanding it uh, within the U S and I'll tell you one of the big benefits of, of being with this, this company is that we self-manufacture. So unlike many smaller businesses getting off the ground, uh, you know, we, we own our equipment um, and that has been a blessing, particularly through COVID. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. And have you seen a lot of growth in the past year? Because either because of COVID or in spite of COVID? Yeah. So I mean, there's there's always like a, a headwinds and the tailwinds. The tailwinds for us, you know, those things that are really propelling us forward as a brand. And we did um, just shy of triple our business uh, in 2020. Wow, so through COVID, that's, yeah, yeah. So, you know, the benefit is uh, that a lot of people, the research is saying that people are really, really concentrating on their nutrition yeah. as a way of, you know, preventing health issues, particularly yeah. through COVID. So that's been people's eating habits have adjusted generally for the better, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, but that's all about accessibility. A lot of people also having, you know, troubles um, economically. So, so I don't want to make too broad of a statement, but people are understanding that the food you put in the mouth, you know, is, is linked to your health. And so that's been very important for the whole natural food space, the whole sort of clean, you know, um, and uh, particularly organic produce sales are exploding. So really, really, that's a big tailwind for us. The headwind, the things that getting in our way of growth is really just the disruption from the retailer perspective in terms of their focus is, of course, on, on ensuring that they have the supply of key products yeah. and uh, 
and their distribution channels are really challenged in so many ways. So that's just slowing, slowing things down a little bit. Yeah, I've heard that from a lot of people actually. Um, can you talk about your biggest, I'd say two things. One is your biggest success so far and the other is your biggest challenge so far and you could do it in whatever order you, you feel. I mean, I, I think our biggest success so far is getting so much attention as, as a new brand. And so um, we, you know, just from the, the PR exposure that the, the brand has had through incredibly, uh, incredibly large publications like Forbes and Yahoo and so on. So, we, so we've really done a nice job with that. And I think that's because this, the media thinks that there's a story there. Um, as do we, with respect to what our mission is, um, and 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 the validation with our current with our fundraise that we just closed in November, with uh, two new partners coming to the table. So I think that was just like incredible validation of where we're headed and how we're how we're moving in that direction. So those would be very big successes for the business. I think that. Um, challenges has it's just it's been managing through covid mm -hmm. and keeping our employees safe yeah so are you guys still fully remote so the front office is has been remote since early march of last year the um production staff has been fully up and running yeah uh, being managed in in you know, such an incredible fashion with our head of operations, who is extremely, uh, has a ton of expertise. And, um, and, you know, we've been really putting everybody's safety first. And so as a result of that, have been able to be fully functional the whole time. That's amazing. What a yeah. Time. Um, I, I read something about you that says you lead with heart. Um, and I love that. I think that's amazing. And I can, Think about a million ways that comes to life, but what does it really mean for you and for the brand? So I think you know, for well, for the brand, our mission, you know, our why, like why are we even doing this, right? It's just because we we like it comes from the heart. We want everybody to dig into the awesomeness of plants for all kinds of reasons: health, sustainability, right? And that really is a heartfelt mission. It's it's not. It doesn't start with let's make money. It starts mm -hmm. with that. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's important to everything that we do in terms of in terms of the brand and building a brand. Even the partners that we'll deal with, right? Like we have to see, notice, feel that they are also of the same ilk. Mm -hmm. um, as it relates to me personally, I think that that comes from this expression of leading with heart for me comes from the fact that for a long, long time, I felt like, and potentially as you know, a female leader in particular, I felt like I had to be hard. I had to go hard. I had to, um, you know, don't, don't show emotion. If you show emotion, you get tagged and, um, and, and, you know, we've all heard it, right? You're frustrated. You're being a bitch. You're, you know, yep. and I was always kind of fighting this. Yeah, but I'm passionate and I, and I, and I, and I have a point of view and I want to move it forward. And I have to, uh, sometimes I have to wear a cloak, you know, in order to get to where I need, because 
being myself and wearing my heart on my sleeve um, was, was not necessarily, I don't know, well-regarded or, or so I was like, no, you know what? I'm at the point in life where, and with my experience that I'm going to lead with truth. And the truth comes from, you know, pausing and listening to, to really what's going on and putting compassion first. That doesn't mean being a pushover at all. That doesn't mean not getting, not having high expectations. That doesn't mean getting frustrated or pissed off because, you know, something happens that shouldn't have happened. But what it does mean is being able to have a conversation about it and do it with heart and compassion first, right? And seeking to understand. And uh, and also being gentle with, a little gentle with myself. I'm my own worst credit, cr- critic, continue to be so, I think, and, and struggle with that. Mm-hmm. And it's just like trying to just be, you know, I'm, 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 I'm doing just fine. I'm okay. You know, I'm okay. I am who I am and, and I'm going to be really conscious about how I lead and I'm going to do it from Christie's heart, you know, not from anybody else's. Yep. That's amazing. You know, it's so interesting now that you mentioned that I'm realizing that you are the first woman that I've interviewed. Um, and also, I mean, I, I've had so many of the same experiences as you have, and I wonder, um, how that affected you did it or did it affect you at all in the capital raise like was that an issue at all or were you just really true to yourself and you know did you did that have anything to do with how you felt about the people you were dealing with or or not at all you know not at all I I have to say interestingly enough I I had a fantastic experience in the fundraise. I mean, it wasn't easy. It didn't happen in a straight line. Uh, it didn't happen, you know, overnight. So, uh, you know, as you as you hear from most people, but my actual experience, I think I'm in a place now where it's like, I know what I know. Yeah, I can yeah. hear, I'm good at what I do. I can always learn. If I don't know the answer, I don't, you know, that's fine. Yeah. Like, I'll find the answer. And so, I was just, I know I was just at a place where I was just, it, it really felt like a two-way dialogue. Um, I met great people and I didn't feel like it was a leg up or a leg down. I just felt like I was another, you know, business person having a conversation with other, other, other yeah. investors. And it was, it was, I think doing it during COVID probably made it easier in some senses yeah because I wasn't traveling and uh you know there was less pomp and circumstance it was more facts right here's who we are are you interested in this yeah 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 Yeah. that's interesting yeah and so it's kind of I don't know about your experience but when I look back is when I see how I I felt like I had to adapt myself in certain circumstances but only when I look back because mm-hmm. I always felt like that's just what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And then it became too much. I didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah. I don't and, even realize you're doing it right when you're doing it. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, what was I doing? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so I, I felt very much, uh, you know, listen, I was nervous, you know, appropriately nervous when, you know, the, yeah. the stakes are high, like you get that, the butterflies and you're on and I like that though. I like feeling like that. And so, um, it was, it was, a, it was a good experience. I learned a lot. And at the end of the day, we raised 
uh, 3 million more than we set out to raise, which Amazing. was a good thing. Amazing. So it was, it was, it was, uh, it was definitely one of those life, like career check marks of that was, that was good. I wouldn't have thought two years ago, I would, you know, I would have done that. Yep. Um, you know, I've talked to a few people who say that where the money comes from really matters. So it's not all, all money is not equal. Um, when you're looking for investors, is that how you felt too? hundred percent, hundred percent. The number one thing was a strategic fit with our brand mission, with our purpose. And so I spent a lot of time identifying potential partners who fit that bill um, and did, you know, research on the, on the people, on the firm. And um, I a hundred percent agree with that. And, you know, they're at your table once a quarter, once a month, depending on what your arrangement is, um, you better be on the same page. That doesn't mean they're going to agree with you as the CEO all the time. And that's their job is to, you know, to, to help, to, to push, to help, to support. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah, you better, you better respect your yeah. partners. Yeah. I mean, um, that's interesting. And I think I've heard that a lot. And I think that that's a really important thing for entrepreneurs and founders and people who are looking for capital to think about because yeah, you're stuck with them for better or for worse. And yes. you want it to be better. Yes. So, you know, if, if you do, hopefully, you, you know, you follow up on, on referrals and references on new employees, you've got to go double down yes. on who your partners are going to be. Uh, yeah. Cause they have expectations and you report to them as the CEO. Yeah. And so, and goodness knows, you, you, why not try to find the partners who can give you some value? <laughs> like, and so I'm very, I feel fortunate um, in that respect. So what's, um, what's next for you guys? Like, where do you see the brand in, in two years and five years? So we, we built the, the Mother Rob brand to be, to be a platform, right? So to be more than a salad dressing company or a dip company or a condiment company. It's, it's a platform. It's all about, you know, as I mentioned, good food on good. How do you get people to encourage people to eat more plants? Mm -hmm. And so we set out from the very beginning to make sure that it was you know, brand language, that it was stretchy and could move across categories. So what, what you'll see from us um, in the shorter term is uh, some, some innovation within the categories where we're already playing. So kind of deep going deeper where we currently are, because I mean, we only launched a year and a half ago, right? Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of room to grow. Um, but also uh, we have our eye on category opportunity and categories that are outside of what we're currently doing. Mm -hmm. And so it's really to, you know, to build a, a brand that has, that lives across categories uh, all with the same purpose, all with the same vision, all with the same quality, um, and and you know, to, to all on the way to just getting more people to eat more plants. Awesome. Mm -hmm. um, before we end, I'm wondering if you have any advice that you'd give to. I mean, you, for all intents and purposes, now are the founder, even though you didn't found the company, but you are the leader. Um, do you have any advice for entrepreneurs or people who are just getting going? I mean, your brand is young. I mean, the fact that you are already funded is phenomenal. Amazing. Mm -hmm. um, that's not 
something I've heard that often. So that's really awesome. Um, and so you, I'm wondering if you have any advice that you would give to others. The, I was just on the phone with somebody yesterday who's trying to do their first fundraise because I, I think that paying it forward is really, really important in terms of our, you know, the experience and, yeah. and the advice, if I could help him at all, right? The advice was uh, he doesn't have the expert management experience that I have with my head of operations and my head of sales and myself. Like we all come from the kind of top, tier one uh, CPG background. And so uh, that was really important to investors, right? They buy the team and the idea. So um, I would say if surround yourselves by experts, get yourself an advisory committee, you know, so if, if you don't know how to break into the U.S. market from Canada or vice versa, or, you know, you don't uh, you don't have experience in the category, that's fine. But if you can point to the expertise that you've amassed around you, do that. And there are so many people in the natural food space in particular who want to help. Yes. Or even ex just big CPG who want to help because they, that's where the growth is. That's where the excitement is. The, where the future is. So number one, reach, like build your network and most people will help you, which is what I have found. Um, so that would be the first, that would be the most important piece of advice. And um, the, the second piece of advice is surround yourself with people who will support you through the good times and the bad, right? Where they'll cheerlead you when you're down, but kind of give you a kick in the butt. Yeah. Maybe when, you know, you're like, you're, you know, you're, you're losing your direction or you haven't thought something through. Um, so uh, like for me, it's all been about who I've, who I've been able to surround myself with. Yeah. That's great advice. Actually. And start, start the investment planning. If that's, you know, if you know that that's in your future, start way before you're ready. To have conversations. I, I, I mean, I had a list of uh, over a hundred potential funds, companies I would talk to. I knew nothing about any of them before I started in this job, nothing. Yeah. And I knew nothing about, you know, I mean, I knew about fundraising theoretically, but I never done. Yeah. And I had a list and then that list came to here's the top 30. And, and I had met all of those 30 before I ever reached out to talk about money. Wow. That's amazing. And that was, yeah. And, and LinkedIn, they all want to talk to people with potentially good business ideas, right? So yes. LinkedIn, um, uh, events, right? Going to events, trade shows at the time. Of course, those will come back, like hustle and meet these people and get them interested in you as a leader yeah. and your That's idea great. early. That's a great idea. You know, I love the, the saying, ask for help, just ask for help, because I think that when you get to a certain level, you feel like you're not supposed to need help. Yeah. And if you ask for help, then it's a sign of some weakness that you have, or that you didn't learn something you were supposed to learn, but it's not actually it's, there's so many things you can't know them all. You can't be an expert in everything. And so I think that's a great, I, I haven't heard that yet either. So I think that's an incredibly valuable piece of advice to just ask. And I'd go beyond that, Christy, and say that don't agonize over exactly knowing where you need help. Yeah. 
you know, so, oh my gosh, I need help, but I'm not exactly sure. It has to do with branding. It has to do with innovation, but I'm not really sure how to articulate my question and my thought. So I'm nervous to reach out to somebody and ask them. No. In fact, if you say, look, I'm really stuck in innovation. Well, where are you stuck? Well, I just can't get, you know, from concept to like clarity. And I just, I can't figure out my next step. That's enough to have a conversation on versus I like to know specifically, you know, the answer to a yes or no. And and because I think we we feel like we need to really be able to articulate our problems in order to engage somebody else. I have found that it's, it's okay to just be like, I'm stuck, I think on this. And I'm just, can we just chat through it? And you figure that out together as opposed to wasting time. Yeah. You know? Yep. That's fantastic advice. Awesome. Is there anything else that you feel like you didn't get to talk about that you wanted to? Just as as well as you're out there hiring people, looking for people, um, that you're only as good as as the experience that you bring in or the the culture, you know, that you build. So I think, you know, starting off early thinking about what kind of culture do I want to build, what kind of expertise do I really need internally versus externally. And even if like you can only afford uh, five hours of somebody's time, but you, you know, you think it can unlock some, pay them the five hours. Like you don't have to have a full-time person all the time to do everything or like a consultant sounds expensive. I just paid somebody literally 10 hours of their time who I know can unlock where I'm needing to go forward. And I'm like, okay, let's try 10 hours. I, because I was stuck. Yep. And I can afford 10 hours. I can't afford that person as a full-time person, but that's, you know, that's their business model. They were happy to help. Yeah. And that's what I did. And it's been completely worth it. I think that's another really good, you're giving so much good advice. Um, that's another good thing because when you are stuck, it's, you feel, I mean, I know that this, this from my own perspective, I'm a, a business owner. It's my business. Yeah. Um, and I don't sometimes have anyone to collaborate with. And sometimes I need to go find someone and I can get unstuck, but I can't always do it by myself. And I think it's lonely in some ways to be a founder, um, or a business leader where you don't have a big team, because then you're kind of like, I have to figure this all out, but you don't actually, that's a misperception. I hundred percent agree. And I think every single CEO, big company to small company feels that way. I do feel that in a small company, it's lonelier because you're not surrounded by this, the stimulation of a lot of brains. Yes. Particularly during COVID. Yeah. And yes, magnified. Yeah. So I think now reaching out, you know, and I don't know if you do this, I'm, I'm trying to do this uh, on a, on a regular basis is like, okay, who are the people that I'm going to reach out to who's my matchmaker in this and just like setting a time aside, usually Friday afternoons to, you know, unlock, talk to somebody, stimulate me. And you can't always do it with people in your team, right? Because you might in fact want a very different perspective. Yeah. So you're right. It is lonely and only exasperated right now. Yes. I would agree with that. So hopefully (laughs) that will come to an end soon, but yeah, I I agree. Making time to have those outside conversations is so, so critical. Yeah. Awesome. And I want to thank you because you have stayed in touch with me. <laughs> it's been a long time. time. 
that long time when I was in my journey of leaving CPG and moving into, I didn't know what at the time and have been fantastic in kind of, you know, poking me to like stay in touch, sharing all the amazing things that you're doing with your company and uh, encouraging and cheerleading me from the side. So I, I really, really appreciate that, Christine. Well, it's mutual. I mean, I'm this, doing the same thing as you. I'm I'm wanting to stay connected to people also. So it's really important. So I appreciate it as well. Excellent. Yeah. Well, thank it's been you. so much fun. Oh my gosh, so much fun. <laughs>